Father's just been doing in me, um, it really has changed and shifted so many things in my life that, you know, and the kingdom becomes taboo. You know, we have a lot of things that we say um, and we hear it and not that it loses its power, but we stop considering it as much as we used to when we first had it. You know, it's like when you get that thing and it's new, that's all we want to do. Can't wait to get home to use the new thing and that, and, that, and that thing. But the Father makes all things new, right? And even those things that become taboo in the kingdom or the kingdom of God or in church, whatever you want to call it, he makes new. And he really did that for me um, this past couple weeks. At a point, musicians, when you come back up, I'm going to invite you guys to come back up. Can you play the second song? The second song. What was the second song? Your Love, yes. It just it really goes along with what I'm going to be talking about. So when they, when they come back up, I want them to play that. Because today is an invitation, guys. Um, if you've been here th- this past month, the words and everything that's really been going forward in the house has been really, at least for me, how I've been perceiving it. And from, from Steve and my brother Sam, when he spoke, really was introducing this shift, like, in me. You know, it's introducing this shift, and it was like, you know, shifts aren't always comfortable. Sometimes they're uncomfortable. Usually they're uncomfortable, those growing pains that we go through. And yeah, that's what makes them a shift, right? Um, and really what the Father and Holy Spirit has been doing to me with this word that he gave me, honestly, through just interacting with my brother Sam show. If we were just talking, chopping it up like we always do during the week as we're working. And he says something, and this gave, just made me pause for a second. Like, now I've heard that, and I've considered that, and I've done that. I've actually been in that same situation. But your response to that thing changed how I viewed it. And a great thing about that is when you're joined to people in the kingdom of God who love the Father, who have that, that same heart to, to do the will and advance the kingdom and the purpose of Yahweh, you can't not be changed. You can't not be grown, right? And so when he did that, I was like, dang, bro. And I texted him. I'm like, hey, man, I saw this, saw this scripture. It really, it really lined up with what, um, what you talked about. And he's like, hey, that'll preach. And so... Hopefully it'll preach. <laughs> so we, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but I just kind of want to start it with a statement. And then after that, right now, you guys can actually throw up Matthew um, chapter 17, verses 24 through 26. Yep, that's it. Um, but I wanted to open up this statement. This is what Yahweh's really been doing to me. It had me consider some stuff. So and today is all about how we advance the kingdom. You know, that's that taboo thing that we hear all the time. Cliche, if you've been in the kingdom any amount of time, two weeks or two years or 20 years, you've heard that, advancing the kingdom, advancing the kingdom of God, advancing the vision of the Father. We hear that all the time, but do we really consider that in what we're doing the way that we should be? You know, in the kingdom of God, it is ever increasing, but it doesn't ever increase without the sons and daughters increasing the kingdom of God, right? That, that's our role. So this is, what, this is what Holy Spirit placed in me for today. The glory that we are promised is a promise of purpose, not a promise of comfort. Our personal increase means nothing if at the same time the kingdom of God isn't increased. Right? Without advancement, the very glory that was a reference point in the season can become the very headstone and burial ground of our unique purpose. And so when you stop back and you you think about, wait... The very glory that God put me in can become the, the headstone and burial of my purpose. What does that mean? Well, it's really, it's, it's really simple. I'm going to break it down to you. So <laughs> we're going to go to Matthew 17, verse 24 through 26. And again, we're talking about advancing the kingdom of God. What does that look like? We hear that all the time, but 
What does that really look like? How's, what's that progression? What's that thing that we're, that we're defining as advancement, right? Sometimes we have different definitions personally, but the Father only has one definition for that. So Matthew 17, verse 24 through 26. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? He, he's doing everything right, but it, does he not obey the law is what they're saying. He said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, what do you think, Simon? For whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their, from their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Right? If we aren't careful, we can easily begin to strip the resource of the kingdom and add them to ourselves and believe that we are exercising faith and have walked in purpose. This, again, this was something me and Sam were talking about. And he, he said, hey, man, I didn't have a piece about this certain thing. And I was like, oh, man, like, it made me consider. And I saw this verse, and I was like, oh, this is why you didn't have that piece, right? The kingdom of God did not increase, right? We have simply taken the wealth from the left hand and placed it in the right hand and called it increase and have called it growth. Movement is not enough in the kingdom of God. There was a shifting of possession, but was there increase? There was a shifting. So it can be, say if I had a ball, ball in my left hand. I can toss it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's in the same possession. It's still a ball. It's utilized the exact same way. It's on my person. Where was the advancement with that ball? There was no advancement. It shifted. It moved. But where was the increase? That's what Christ, that was Christ's point in telling him in his verse. You, you, don't, you don't take from your son. You know why? Because if he has the same heart, he has the same vision, then to strip away from him, his heart and vision is to strip away from yourself. It's to strip away from the kingdom of God. So there can't be increase in that way, right? In the kingdom of God, we're really good at doing a lot of stuff. You know, when you earn a church or your body of believers, Again, if you've been in the kingdom 20 years, 20 days, what we can do is because we do walk in blessing. We do walk in abundance. God promises us all of those things, and they do come to pass. And when we see that, that builds, that increases our faith. It increases our walk, our testimony even, right? But it, the danger in the kingdom of God is, you know, if I'm using an analogy, talking about being a gardener, you having a farm, we get really good at turning the soil, and when you turn the soil, so he's got soil, you're a gardener or a farmer. There's a such thing as turning the soil a little too much. Tilling the ground a little too much. And when you do that, there's actually consequences of it, like just physical consequences. So when you turn the soil and you till the ground too much, overly high levels of erosion result in loss of topsoil, leaving the land practically infertile, the increase of erosion and water, Runoff also result in the pollution of local water supplies and nitrogen. Phosphorus is carried into lakes, rivers, and streams. So not only when we are, again, we're in that good place, might be in that glory, but when we stay there too long and don't advance, what happens, not only do we start moving, and we know in the kingdom of God, if you're not moving, you're dead, right? There, where there's no movement, there's no growth. Where there's no growth, there's no advancement. Where there's no advancement, there's no life. And the kingdom of God is all about life. So when, so when we're in this place, it's a good place, but we just keep turning that soil, 
We keep doing that thing that's comfortable, right? We stay in that place. Oh, it's good. It, it still smells good. I got this recipe and that thing, it's a hit. They expect me to come and make this. <laughs> I signed up to bring this thing because this thing, I'm known for this, right? I'm known for making this thing. Not only am I known for it, my identity has kind of become wrapped up into it, right? Right? We aren't advancing the kingdom with that, right? And we aren't just harming ourselves, but we're harming what's around us. So not only the soil and the land, the thing that we were tilling, but the streams that were next to us, the ones that we're adjoined to, right? That's why it's so important when Yahweh says, I need you to advance the kingdom. But what, what does that mean, right? What, what does that really mean? You know, you might be thinking, man, I feel like the past few weeks, all that I hear coming out the preacher's mouth at the Rockets Central Florida is a message of pain, uncomfortability. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it can, it can be like that because I was writing this. I was like, man, I, I don't want to just start off going, going too hard. You know what I mean? I got in trouble one time for that. So <laughs> some of y'all were here. Um, no, it's all good. <laughs> Learning lesson, right? But really, it's a message. The message that's coming out of this house is a message not only to grow you, but to change you. In the kingdom of God, we always talk about these shifts, and they're great. In our lives, we talk about shifts and movement, and they're great. What shifts do, they give you the ability to see something you didn't know you needed to see. Or maybe, hey, I had this perspective, but let me just shift over here. And now I got a new perspective from face to a profile. That's, that's what the kingdom of God do. We have all these shifts and all these things that really lead us to life. But without the advancement, after the shift, there is no increase in the kingdom of God. Right. And today you guys can throw that image, that image up there. And I'm not a historian or anything like that. Um, but when I was preparing and just getting ready for, to release what was in me, you know, I really wanted an example. I could look at and say, OK, these are people who know what increase is about, you know, what purpose is about. When, when purpose drives us, when it really gets into us. It doesn't matter where the father sent us or where he called us to be or who he's called us to be joined to. There's no quit in us. When we are really driven by purpose, doesn't matter where we were at, right, to start off. Doesn't matter if we were in the best circumstance. When you're led by purpose, increase will always be the result. And this was a group of men. Um, if you guys are familiar with the Civil War, you should be somewhat familiar with it. Um, but this is a group of men who, who were purpose-led. And increase came out of even things that they didn't even know the outcome, right? So today I'm going to be talking about the civil, for a portion, I'm going to be talking about the Civil War, um, an attack on Fort Wagner, and about the 54th Massachusetts Regiment. Um, just a quick, quick small synopsis before I start to read, because I'm just going to read what's in here. I'm not adding anything to this right now. This is, this is all facts. This is history right here. Um, but at this point in the Civil War, there were slaves, there was free slaves, there was runaway slaves, and everything like that. And what happened is, you know, some runaway slaves decided um, there was a new program which was actually equipping slaves to be able to fight. Okay, to be able to fight in a war was an honor, right? And so for a lot of people, they said, uh, like the South is like, no, I don't know if they're ready for that. Like, that's an honor, that's a place of, of um, esteem to be able to do that, to fight for the country, really. And um, these were some of the first men to, to do it of color. And they, they have an amazing story, so I'm just going to read it. And two, just a funny, um, if you've ever seen the movie Glory, that's what the movie Glory is about. 
That was my only reference point to it before I actually looked up the history. <laughs> hey, Denzel was acting in that movie. I don't care what you say. All right, Morgan Freeman, he still wasn't young in that movie. I don't know which movie he was young in, but he's in the same age. Goodness gracious. But um, that was my only reference point for it. And I remember, like, as a kid, because my mom, she loves to watch. I love my mom, but she's going to pick the most historical, dense, depressing, like, you walk around, and you, you come over to mom's house, you walk in a documentary, you might mess around and leave upset. Like, I'm like, dang, mom, like, this is making me angry. Why, why, are you, why are we watching this? But she loves stuff like that. And I remember being a kid, watching this movie, kind of just being dropped off in the middle of it. You know, as a kid, you're like, you're trying to see if you, it's capturing your attention. And it was one of the ones that did, enough so that I still remember it, you know, however many years later. I'm just going to read some facts about this, these men who were in this regiment, the 54th Regiment, right? And this is in South Carolina. In early June 1863, the 54th Massachusetts arrived in Beaufort, South Carolina. Captured in the fall of 1861, the sea islands around Beaufort had become not only a military hub for the departure of the South, but the site of a growing experiment at post-slavery, known, known as the Port Royal Experiment. The regiment paraded through the streets of Beaufort, where onlookers, including soldiers in the 1st and 2nd South Carolina Volunteers, they also were two all-black regiments organized in the Sea Islands the previous year. Officers freely mingled with teachers, including Charlotte Fortin, at the Penn School. When noted in her journal that the officers of the 54th attended the July 4th, 1863 celebration at Brick Baptist Church, they went to church, hallelujah. You know, you know, later, a few weeks later, after their arrival, the regiment moved to St. Simons Island, Georgia, where they encamped at, spot, at a spot called Frederica. From here, the regiment participated in the raid on Darren, Georgia, before moving back to Beaufort, where they encamped on St. Helen Island. By early July, they were beginning preparations to participate in an offense to capture Charleston. So they're about to get ready to actually see some battle. And this is the fight on, uh, for, for Wagner. Initially tasked with manual labor, details, and ransacking of Darren, Georgia, of which Colonel Shaw did not approve, the 54th did not see real action until a skirmish with Confederate troops on James Island on July 16, 1863. This, this fight provided the 54th with combat experience and earned them the praise of their fellow soldiers from the 10th Connecticut, who who they helped save from Confederate attack and capture. So they ended up at, you know, helping out another um, regiment, and they were like, hey, we weren't rocking with y'all, but some of y'all saved our lives, so guess what? Y'all are cool now. <laughs> you know, one journalist wrote, probably a thousand homes from Winham to Fairfield having letters been told the story how the dark-skinned heroes fought the good fight and covered with their own brave heart, coveted with their own brave hearts the retreat of brothers, sons, and fathers of Connecticut. Though weary and, weary and weakened from the battle in March, Sean, Sh Colonel Shaw and the 54th readily accepted the opportunity to lead the assault on Battery Wagner. The strategic, the strategic, though weary and, oh sorry, the strategic stronghold guarding Charleston Harbor on July 18th, knowing this battle would prove vital to sharpening public opinion about the use of black soldiers, Shaw told his men how the eyes of thousands would look upon this night. So 
seemingly what happens is they finally get, they don't, these guys don't have a lot of battle experience. Well, they have a lot of training. They finally get their feet wet and they're a little tired from that. And they're like, hey, I got an opportunity. You know, Colonel Shaw says, hey, I got an opportunity. And not only is this an opportunity, this is a pivotal moment. So even though you're weary, even though you're tired, you know, the iron's hot. Let's strike. Let's strike now. The iron's hot. So we, we have opportunity to do something that no one has done, you know. Knowing this battle would prove vital to shaping public opinion about the use of black soldiers, Shaw told his men how the eyes of thousands will look upon the night's work. Though they fought gallantly, Shaw and many of the 54th lost their lives in the ensuing battle. The splendid 54th is cut to pieces, wrote Lewis Douglas, son of the famous abolitionist and soldier in the 54th. The grape and canister shell and many swept us down like shaft, but still our men went on and on. The 54 suffered roughly 42% casualties in this horrific battle against a strongly defended enemy. With more than 270 soldiers killed, wounded, captured, and or missing and presumed dead of the 650 of the 54th that participated in the battle. What was the significance even in that? Though clearly a, mil a military defeat, the 54th Regiment's Historic assault on, the batter, on Battery Wagner proved both a powerful political and symbolic victory. Though their actions, through their actions, the 54th helped convince a skeptical public and military that black men could and would fight bravely. Frederick Douglass wrote, after the 54th had distinguished itself with so much credit in the hour trial, the desire to send more such troops to the front became pretty general. In the weeks after the assault on Wagner, General Ulysses S. Grant wrote to President Lincoln, I have given the subject of arming the Negro my hearty support. He said that the use of black soldiers would be the heaviest blow yet given to the Confederacy, and that by arming the Negro, we have added a powerful ally. And I remember, I'm, I'm, and you guys can leave that up, I remember watching this movie, and I don't know how historically significant this part of it is, but I remember what it did kind of in me just watching this movie. And there's this point where it's like, just to be frank, it's like everyone's dying in this movie, right? There's a part where they're storming this, storming this hill, and it's like this upward, uphill battle. And it's a point where I'm like, dog, couldn't have been me. Just being honest. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's a difference when, you know, you hear the sounds, but, like, they're, they're in this thing. And they're, they're, they're going to war with these men that they love, right? You, any, anybody who does anything with a group of people, you start to form a, a, a camaraderie, right? It doesn't talk, Yahweh makes us in a way, if we stay around each other long enough, either we're going to fight or we're going to become family. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that, that is kind of one and the same a lot of times, you know? But I remember them struggling for this, like, seemingly this inch, right? And they're getting, I mean, they're getting mowed down, these guys, right? And you know in their, in their mind it has to be that thought of, like, Dang, is this worth it? There were, most of them were runaway slaves. So in, in the semblance of their life, they had some, some kind of freedom, right? So it's not like they didn't have nothing to lose, right? But they willingly went. And I I'm, and I'm just remember seeing the scene. I was like, man, they're in a good majority, 42%. Like, for, think about 42% of this room just being gone, right? That's a big loss. That's a lot, and, and they, lost, they lost that battle. That battle wasn't considered a victory if you just look at it from face value. 
And when I'm when I'm I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, man, when you talk about advancement in the kingdom of God, like, how much is that inch to us? How much is that inch worth? Because a lot of these men were dying over an inch. What they seemingly got was taken from them. It was a loss for them. It was a loss. They didn't, for them, did, what, what did they gain? Just naturally, they, they didn't gain, they lost everything, right? How much is that inch worth to us? Or do we only advance the kingdom when it's convenient? When it's in bulk. When it's a BOGO deal. You know, when the price is discounted, you know? Is that when we advance the kingdom? Because it's convenient today, it lined it up with what I wanted to do. You know, our nature as people and our nature as Adam is usually when you start, you start smelling that, that rip flesh, that burning flesh, all those things, that, that gruesome smell, you start smelling that, usually you're going to start turning back. It's going, you're going to start thinking a little bit. Like, mm, man, I want to carry this flag. I wanted to put this flag up, but, man, that, 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 that shield that I had is not there anymore. I'm out here vulnerable, right? But these men, they understood something different. They understood being driven by purpose. They had vision. They understood that, hey, even though this is an inch, when we're talking about increase, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter all the things that you've accomplished in your life. Increase is more important. I don't care how much you've built. I don't care how much you've done. I don't care how much you laid aside and, and set off for, for a rainy day. The increase is still more valuable in the eyes of the Father. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> Those men in the 54th Regiment, they had to make a choice. They had to trade their immediate better for purpose. Wow. A lot of times we got to do that. Yeah. Right? Yahweh is not a convenient God. Like, he's an awesome God. But he's not convenient on the behalf of our nature as people. Right? And you got to imagine being one of these men who just got a little bit of freedom. Hey, guess what? These were volunteers. Not like they snatched them up. These are volunteers, right? How many times does Yahweh do that? He's like, hey, I need, I, need you to, I need you to do this for me. For an inch. Hey, I need you to, need you to lay down that nature and all those things that you were good at for an inch. One thing Steve and Sam said so well, you know, when Yahweh sees us and he calls us something, man, we hold, we hold true to that thing. He calls us a sword. Man, I'm a sword. I'll tear something up. I'll cut something down. But then all of a sudden you start smelling that furnace like, man, I just came out that thing. I need to be a hammer next week? What do you mean? I, I'm watching the game right now, you know? The kingdom of God is not convenient. And when the call goes forth, you have to answer it because guess what? It's all about increase. When we talk about increasing the kingdom of God, it's not just about, again, it's not just about that shifting, just moving things back and forth. Just because we know it works, works. These men had no idea the outcome of that battle and literally gave everything for it in hopes of something better past where they were at, past what they knew. In a way, they had their freedom. And really, I honor those men because I, I don't, where would the country be today? I have no idea. Right? And we were able to move in purpose because of that. They had to make that choice of trading that immediate better for a purpose. Again, how much is that inch of advancement worth to us in the kingdom? Or do we just do it 
when it's convenient, when it's in line with our better, when it's in line with our, with our increase. The kingdom of God has never been or ever, ever will be increased on a budget. <laughs> never will be, never has been, never can be, because if it is not the kingdom of God. So all the things that we want to do, we say, man, Yahweh, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this thing, right? I can, I can do this thing because I know how to do it. Yahweh doesn't care about that. He cares about his kingdom being increased. So even all the things that we, we've gotten good at, we say, oh, you know what? This is really great, so I'm going to set this thing aside and wait for it for later. I'm going to divvy a little bit of myself. Yahweh, I'm going to give you a little bit of me in this. I know I'm joined to that place, but I, I'm really joined to what's convenient for me. Like, I know you called me to be this thing. I know you called me to speak and do all these things, or you called me to serve, but, you know, just the way my schedule is set up, it runs smooth right now. So I can't really do that for you. We got to start looking at who he's calling us to be, not who he's already told us we are, right? Because what, what's in us is in us. But what he has for us is greater. There you go. Somebody hearing what I'm saying in here this morning. That's what I'm talking about, right? It doesn't, you can't increase in kingdom of God on the budget. You can't increase yourself in the natural if you don't give your all. Working out, I got an opportunity to start um, just helping. I ain't no trainer, but just helping one of my sisters work out. And um, the cool thing about that is, is she was so, you know, sometimes when working out, you don't know really until, like, the day, every other day is when you really feel it the worst. You know, if anybody's ever worked out, you know that. It's not the day after, but it's that following day. Usually when you got to revisit a similar workout, <laughs> that's usually how it works, right? But I was so excited when she texted me and said, hey, like, my legs are killing me, but... I got up and I did the stuff we talked about doing. That was awesome because she gave it her all. Everything that she had in that moment, her soreness was a testament of the faithfulness that she had in the moment to do something that she ain't never did. Right? That was the awesome thing about that. So I, I honor you. You know who you are. Right? And to an increase like the, the kingdom, that, that's, on, that's in everything. That's monetarily. Right? It can't be increased on the budget, meaning... We can't take, again, away. I can't take from our brother and say, hey, bro, thank you for that. Thank you for giving me that. Now the kingdom of God has increased because I'm tithing off that thing that you gave me. The kingdom of God is an increase. My personal might have been increased. But is the kingdom of God increased? This is a place that Yahweh is wanting to get us to where we can see, hey, movement, movement is just not enough. Just because we move our hands, we make friction, and it feels warm to the touch, that doesn't mean that it's enough. That doesn't mean that the advancement of the kingdom of God is happening. So let's take it a little step further. What if you don't ever live to see the fruit of that inch that you were fighting for, that you died for, that you gave your life for? Will you still do it? Will the kingdom of God still be worth it? If the things that God is putting you through right now, you never see the fruit of it. Are you still, you still down, down for G-O-D then? Right? Are we still down for what the Father is, is calling us to? Because those men in the 54th, one thing that they didn't, they didn't see was a fruit of that. We get to experience that. And let me tell you something about the glory of God. That is the kingdom of God. They didn't see the fruit of all the seed that they sowed. Christ didn't see the fruit in the natural of all the seed that he sowed. Me and you are, are that fruit. He didn't get to walk with us and talk with us the way he did the disciples. 
But guess what? The fruit of what he did lived on beyond who he was in the earth just in that moment. And I dare to say, if, if, if what we're doing isn't living beyond us, that, that's not Yahweh. He didn't call you to that. Because if all he called you to was something that you could do, where's he in it? Where's your faith at? How are you working? How are you becoming better? You're not. You're just doing what's comfortable, right? And it's all about advancing the kingdom of God. That's the glory of God, right? When, advancing, when advancement in the kingdom happens, advancement in our lives happen, right? A lot of times we try to do this backwards. We try to advance our lives, and then we try to say, all right, God, I'm ready now. Like, I am the spotless lamb now. No, that's not how it happens. When we advance the kingdom of God, when we get into that uncomfortable place, we say, okay, Yahweh, this thing, but is you, and the thing about it is it's always that hard thing, really, that's going to cause increase. It's that hard workout that's going to tear those muscle fibers. It's that, those things that are uncomfortable that's going to cause us to be, to be better. But when we do this in the right order and we look at advancing the kingdom of God before advancing ourselves, what then happens is by the design of Yahweh, because he's so faithful, our lives get better. By our getting lives better, our neighbors' lives get better. And I'm, this, is, this is not even spiritual. I'm just saying naturally. Our neighbors' lives get better. Then the schools that we, we're around, the area that we live in, gets better. The county gets better. The region, the state, all those things get better because a few people decided to advance the kingdom of God, not just pass that wealth back and forth from the left hand to the right hand, right? Yahweh has not only promised, but he has given. And I kind of want to I kind of want to dive into this a little bit because we can never advance the kingdom of God with what's promised. We can only advance the kingdom with what's been given. I'd say that one more time. <laughs> we can never advance the kingdom of God with what's promised. We can only advance the kingdom of God with what's been given. And what does that mean? That means as people, our nature is we want to focus on the promise. We want to focus on the thing that we don't we don't have yet. (laughs) That's just how that's just that's Adam's nature. You can be in the best place you've ever been in your life. But guess what? It's like, man, I can't wait to get to that that place. Hey, I'm going to give me like 10 years. I'm going I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Just give me a little more time. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be able to do do um, what, you know, exercise my purpose and be who I'm called to be and do all those things. But that's not how Yahweh operates. Well, what he's given. That's what you advance the kingdom with. But what he's giving you, that's what you advance the kingdom with, not with what is promised. Because promise is going to is going to come. But what is the promise do for you today? What's given serves you today. Amen. So if we stay in a place where we're just focused on, okay, what, that thing's coming around, the, coming around the corner. What's happening is it, it never will. You know why? Because you weren't faithful over the thing that he gave you. And we're faithful over the thing that's given. Now increase can start happening. And what, the great thing about Yahweh is when increase happens, then he adds increase upon increase. Yeah. And that's how the kingdom of God is increased. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. So... <clears throat> We've got what we need, guys. And it's not a, it's not a long message, you know, um, and, and I can liken it to, to one more thing, and then I want the, the musicians, you guys can come up. But um, 
you know, it's one of the things that are really tough for me, not spiritually at all, but just in, that, in the natural is stretching. James knows. If y'all see James in the sign booth, he knows. He's like me. He hates stretching, too, even though he does it, and I don't. But um, <laughs> that's a difference in us. But he gets results from that stuff. <laughs> he doesn't stretch, and I do not. Right? But the thing about stretching is, and, and, and it's, it's like the kingdom of God, you know, I hate stretching because everything that I need to stretch, I have. But that doesn't make the stretching easier. Everything that you need for your purpose in the kingdom of God, I don't care what anybody has told you, you have. But it doesn't make increasing the kingdom any easier. It's still going to be uncomfortable. It's still going to be stretching. It's still going to require all of you. It's going to require your time. And see, this is the thing. I'm a very strong dude, right? I work out all the time. I can go in the gym and lift 300 plus pounds and curl everything they got in there and do all those things. And that's cool. And you know the great thing about that? All the people in the gym are going, man, this man, he's doing his thing, you know? But there's nothing edifying about that for me because that's, all, that's already in me. But when I, get, when I get on the ground in that place, in that position that's uncomfortable, something that I'm not good at doing, right, and I start to, to lay down and I start to reach for my legs and I start to do all those things that, that look so simple, look so elementary, but it costs me everything. That's way harder than sitting on a bench and lifting 315. Touch my toes, right? <laughs> but that's the kingdom of God. It's not any more complicated than that. And we talk about advancing who we are and what Yahweh has placed in us. That's the place he wants to get us to. Because we can do all the shifts. We can have all the vision in, in the world. We can have all the prophetic words in the world. But if there's no advancing in us, there's no advancing out there. And if there's no advancing out there, then how will the kingdom of God come into the earth? How will increase happen? Yahweh's not just satisfied with us being in the same place next week that we are today. And see, the funny thing about that is sometimes advancement looks like this. Because it causes you to get in a place and a position that you're going to have to hear Holy Spirit and say, okay, Yahweh, well, I thought you told me to come up these stairs. Now you're telling me I got to go backwards, double back around the building, get back in my car and pull back into the church and park in a different spot. That makes no sense. And it cost me time. It cost me my attention. It cost me consideration. It cost me having to go somewhere outside myself. It cost me having to uh, tie strings with this place that you say, okay, I just thought I pulled up in here for a Sunday morning just to, to hear something. It causes me to consider beyond where I'm at. And there's not a beyond work that's happening in us. The kingdom of God is not being increased. You know, I talked to my youth. Um, I have a few of them who, who, not a few, I have several of them who, you know, they help lead worship and stuff. And, and um, you know, I was up playing the drums last week. And I look down and I see them all like, and they know I pick on them all the time. So they ain't worried about this. They know who they are. But a lot of them who were leading worship, I look out and I'm like, they almost standing in the lobby. They so far away from what's happening, right? So I tell them, I say, hey, you know, what? I don't know why, you know, that's your expression. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know, right? 
But the simplest thing you can do is just raise your hands. If that's that stretch, if that's that inch for you, just lift your hands. If that stretch for you is just taking that first step into doing something that requires something a little more than you, the kingdom of God is increased. He's increased more in that one step, in that one hand or two hands being raised, then you operate in everything that you understand and you know. That's how the kingdom of God is increased. If you guys can stand up for me. And musicians, if you guys can play the second song. Um, I really want us to just enter in this song. Because, you know, the words say, not a piece, not a portion. You know, you, you give me all that you are. My hope and heart for us today as a rock and if you're here for the first time, your family to us don't matter if you never even come back. In this moment, your family, you're joined to us. And um, the thing about this song, it says, not a piece, not a portion. You give all that you are. Yahweh doesn't want a piece of you. He doesn't want a portion of you. He wants the all of you. And sometimes the all of you is just that one hand. Sometimes the all of you is just taking that first step. Sometimes that's the all because when that place that we're uncomfortable that place that we don't know, we don't really have a reference point to, then the Father can start to, to do a work in us that transforms us and causes us to look different. It causes us to walk different. It causes us to talk different. It causes us to treat our spouse different. It causes us to relate to our children different. It causes us to be better on our jobs. It causes us to be people of vision and not just people who are talking about it, but people who are doing it. And that's what the Father has for you today. Advancement. Not just not just turning that topsoil. That, that looks good, it smells good, and you still get a sweat from doing it. But guess what? There was no advancement happening. There was loss. And Yahweh hasn't called us to be a people of loss. He called us to be a people of increase. He called us to be a people of vision. Because that's the thing that happens when we step out into a place where we haven't been before. Now you got to look around. Now you got to consider. I go into my apartment, I go into my house, I ain't got to consider where stuff's at. You cut the lights off, stick and get everywhere I need to go. What happens when we step into a new place that we're not familiar with? All of a sudden, you can't just be on the phone, hee hee, Google it, and walk, just walking through the house and not trip on something. Your attention has to be on the thing that Yahweh and the place that he has sent you. And to everyone in here, Yahweh has sent you to a place. He has called you to a place. And when you're sent and you know what purpose is, when it gets hard and you start to smell that singeing of blood and flesh and all those things that are uncomfortable, and you're seeing people falling left and right, and he said, hey, I still need you to raise that flag, even though it looks like a loss. You're going to be able to do that thing, and then the next generation and where the people coming after you are going to benefit of the faithfulness of a faithful son, and that's who he always called you to be. So I know the musicians and stuff are ready. I want them to just, just worship. Um, just sing that song and if you feel like hey dog you talking to me this was this was speaking to me this week so this isn't something like I just got all the way down pat <clears throat> it makes me have to consider some stuff some plans that I had that literally me and my wife had things were getting situated it made me have to shift my perspective on it like wait I was gonna do it this way but because Yahweh was faithful to bring this world now I had to change some stuff that I was gonna do because once we're aware, then we're accountable.